Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Civic Design Review Committee meeting. Today's October 16th, and it's two o'clock on the dot um, p.m. Could we please have roll call? Uh, yes, Commissioner Stryker. Present. Commissioner Brenzel. Present. Uh, Commissioner Carney. Present. Commissioner Schneer. Here. And Commissioner Rothschild is absent. And also present is Deputy Director of Programs Lex Leipheit and Chief of Staff Alyssa Ventry. Okay, thank you. Welcome and, to the uh, Civic Design Review Committee. Hi, did I not call you? Oh, I'm sorry. Commissioner Shioda. Oh, we didn't. Thank you. Here. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Here. No worries. Uh, last but not least, absolutely. <laughs> so, welcome to the Civic Design Review Committee hybrid meeting. The meetings will be conducted as a hybrid meeting to allow public comments and the public access to the Civic Design Review Committee meetings, either remotely or in person in room 125 at the War Memorial Veterans Building located at 401 Van Ness Avenue in San Francisco. So now for some public meeting instructions. This meeting's being held in person and by teleconference. Today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using Web WebEx platform and will allow for remote viewing and public comment. While this technology allows individuals to join the meeting remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transitions the technology between the speakers. Please know we're doing our best and we ask for your patience. I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we're bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the good government guide. At every public meeting, there's a place for general public comment. Where members of the public may comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to the items under the purview of San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there's also a space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. Each public comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each item, the Commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. However, there have been some slight system updates to provide public comments. Therefore, please listen closely to our updated public comment instructions that will be provided by Program Associate Paris Coates shortly. And last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping notes. For the public and staff joining remotely, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you'll have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourself when you speak so others on the phone know who is talking. I'll now ask Program Associate Paris Coates to give public comment instructions. Uh, for members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on agenda items, once you are called on, then you'll be asked to voice your comment at the podium. We will provide you with a blank public comment card. You're recommended but not required to fill out this card, which will be included in the minutes. You may also make a public comment through the WebEx platform. When you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information, first and last name and email. These fields are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. 
Please ensure that you're in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted so there's no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will request public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. When it is your time to speak, you'll be unmuted by the moderator, and when your time is up, you'll be muted. For members of the public calling by phone that wish to make a public comment, when the public comment period opens, press star three to be added to the speaker line. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and comment. You're encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you speak using a visual timer. You will also receive a 30 second audible warning. And when your time is up, I will say caller, your time is up. Then you'll be placed on mute and moved out of the speaker line. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on other agenda items can remain on the line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during a public comment during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.codes at sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on screen during each public comment period. And Commissioner Stryker, please proceed with the meeting when you're ready. Okay, thank you. I'd like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula area. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their ter traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we're committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. So we'll move to item number two, and that is general public comment. Is there any general public comment? We'll be taking in-person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are currently on screen and we are on item number two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. So now we're seeking in-person public commenters. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Um, looking for virtual public comment, looking for raised hands, not seeing any. We'll give it another moment. 
And I see no request for public comments. So public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, thank you. Let's move to item number three. And that's the SFO terminal three modernization. This is at phase three. This project has been previously reviewed in January, 2020. Team, are you ready? And you'll have 10 minutes and I'll give you a three minute warning. It's okay if we stay? Yeah, sure. introduce myself. I'm one of the project managers for this project. My name is Farrah Young. Um, so a lot has changed. We first started this process with you in 2018 and last you saw us is 2020. And as we all know, the world took a huge pause. Um, and with that pause, when we came back, uh, the airport reevaluated uh, Terminal 3 and their intentions and what we want to do. But what has remained the same is that we intend to build out what we started with you guys in terms of this project, what we've shown you, um, and we want to move that forward. Um, and that is what we hope to do today with this final review. This is also a table set because with this uh, reopening of this discussion, the airport with its recent successes of Harpy Milk Terminal 1 want to create the same impact um, and change for Terminal 3. So these are conversations that we want to bring back to you in the new year. But today we want to focus on this, on the Western Edition. Not sure if this is on, but I can push a button. Um, so uh, a quick welcome to those who have not been familiar with this. Because there was this long pause, we want to take a minute to bring you back to uh, the long partnership that the airport um, has had with, this, um, with CDRC. Um, so that uh, we don't just launch into phase three and, and, you, and, and you have no context for it. Um, so, having said that, we're going to go through the, um, a, a little bit of, of, of a condensed uh, phase two to go to phase three. Um, our project is Terminal 3 West. The building is so big that it's broken up into pieces. You, we developed, uh, the airport developed um, uh, Terminal 3 East earlier. So, um, it is what you guys call United. Uh, the basic impetus uh, uh, for the project was uh, fourfold. Seismic retrofit. Modern, modern um, uh, up, upgrading of the seismic systems, um, upgrading of the mechanical systems. If those of you who have opened up a car recently, the mechanical systems of a car in 2023 and mechanical systems of car 1979, which was when this building was built, radically different. Um, international operations, which means new gates that would uh, allow international um, uh, arrivals to come through and then transfer over to the international terminal to be processed by customs and border patrol that's that that those are uh uh strict uh circulation requirements um increased uh passenger experience and revenue generation uh you can see the dot where we are the schedule below uh we're scheduled to be complete on this project around 2028 and you see where we are uh near the last quarter of 2023 so we've gone through Phase one and two with CDRC. Now we're here for phase three. Um, a quick note. Um, one of the things that was first asked of us uh, when we way back in a bazillion years ago when we, when we did Terminal 2 was, what is the airport's stance on the entire campus? You can't just sort of like do one project at a time. And um, what we realized is that um, there had to be an attitude around the entire campus of buildings and that the international terminal is really the jewel, the emphasis of the airport. Uh, all the buildings can be great buildings and they should relate to uh, 
some of the materiality, but the international terminal is the jewel. That's the 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 the, the image of the airport. Terminal one, two, and three are, are seen as um, keys on a key ring. And although some of the buildings, like both Terminal 1 and Terminal 3, they're big enough that they're going to be built over time, that no matter who works on them, that they should be um, unified and integrated in and of themselves. So Terminal 3 uh, will be largely designed in three phases, uh, possibly by three different architects. Right now, there's two different arch two architects. And um, our attitude to the CDRC is that Terminal 3 will be a unified whole, even though it was being done in, in a different in different time zones, in time spans. So this is this the scope of this project, which is the air side where the airplanes dock of Terminal 3. This is existing condition. Um, again, the existing condition and um, at a, a little bit of a context of when boarding will be. Which is, let's see, does the laser work this time? It does. Okay. So you see um, the pier off to the right. That is boarding area E. The image right next to it is that development vertically grained, darker metal, um, uh, clean glass. And the, the orange outline is Terminal 3 West, the concourse. So it looks like that um, concrete um, bunker with the dark glass currently today. So again, the context of trying to uh, join the two, this is the arc that is between the two buildings. You can see the sort of the macaroni arc um, that is uh, joined to that last development. So it has uh, a lot of the same features, vertically grained, um, darker metal skin, and the big mechanical penthouse uh, above. Um, I'm going to blow through that. That's the um, the boarding area E. Again, the existing footprint and new footprint. As we talked about, there's new gates for international travel. The red rectangles, the red color, the red outline rectangles are the vertical transportation that take you from an airplane to get up to the international corridor to then enter the country. And you can see that here. This is, um, I'm blowing through this really quickly. You can, you can ask questions later. Uh, our attitude towards the uh, design at the time was to make a differentiation between what is a vertical pour, leaving the aircraft and going up to the international as kind of a block. And then the blue areas are the dwell areas. They're the boarding lounges. They're the retail areas. They hold the uh, art enrichment areas. They're all, it's the interior dwell areas. So we made a uh, stance that, hello. Yeah, we made a stance that there's a difference between a dwell area and a boarding area. Um, the parts of the building will require a consolidation and upgrade, as I said, to the systems. The new systems take up a lot of space. They're taller, they're, there's, there's a lot more to them. Um, and as we uh, create that uh, shroud around the big mechanical system, the attitude was to replicate the same mechanical system shroud penthouse that was already built on East. 
So again, there's a relationship between um, the new work and the previous work, uh, meaning that there is um, another building with a border around the edge. The border hides the um, fire suppression system. Those aircraft, I got three minutes. Okay, I'm gonna blow through this. This is our rendering at the time of phase two. A little bit of an explanation of how that works. And I'm gonna go more quickly. These, these are the different conditions. Sorry. This is the important view um, of the mechanical greenhouse above, the boiling towers, and the dwell area beyond. This is our 95% um, construction document that we have submitted. So the rendering is identical to, I'm sorry, the document is identical to the rendering. And this is the information that it, uh, you have submitted. So again, it's the metal building, the vertical grain, um, uh, the border around the glass, um, which hides the fire suppression system. Details. There's a question in phase two about making the towers a little bit more glassy. Um, we did study that um, from a cost standpoint. Um, it sort of didn't pencil out, and at the same time, uh, we wanted to make a differentiation between what is temporary. You know, you're walking through this in five seconds versus uh, hanging out and, and staying. So um, it has remained as originally designed. Again, parapet details. And then one of the questions uh, required of us is to discuss, thank you, um, the art enrichment areas. Uh, again, this is air side. So all the art uh, expression is for passengers to experience as they dwell. So there are three locations within the interior of this building that are taken um, with art enrichment um, um, amenities. How many times? Done. I just want to know how well, how well I did. Thank you. You did well. I hope that wasn't too rushed. If you have any questions or. Okay. Thank you. Um, commissioners, comments. Um, this is Commissioner Schneer. I love the brevity. However, <laughs> I would like to try to understand a little more because you came to us in 20. What are the changes in particular? If you could point those out, that would be most helpful. We actually didn't change this project. We are looking at, um, if I can go back, the, the future project and changes are not on this. It, it would be the land side. So we've, we've and, and we'll come back to you with those. Uh, oh, okay. One. So this is the part that's on. Okay, yeah, so got it. Seen is what we previously presented just in the construction document level. Right, because things got paused another. I just wanted, because you will see us again, yeah, we yeah. will be back and it's to talk about the front of house. So, our, our welcome mat, our front door is what okay. we're going to do. So, currently in phase two, uh, the only front door piece was um, this mechanical penthouse. And it is, as, as, as you guys previously saw before, it's now in our documents. Okay, thanks. Any other comments from commissioners? Yeah, hi, Commissioner Carney here. 
Um, thank you very much. This is the first I've seen of this project because I wasn't here in 2020. Um, when I first saw this, I wondered about the curve on the um, or the arc on the uh, tarmac side. Um, it's always kind of pleasant that you have that that curve and you've taken the curve out when they did the east side, they, they kept the curve or expanded the curve. But on the west side, you've made it more angular, right? Um, I suppose that the, um, the twin mechanical penthouse helps a lot because when you're on the air train, I was riding around it last night, that mechanical penthouse that you're adding will help establish the curve on the long side and maybe even though it's angular in the back. Um, so I was sorry to see that curve go. I guess you'd had to squeeze in one more jetway is that's why you did it. Sure. Uh, um, Unfortunately, a, a lot of these uh, airports are really uh, formed massing wise mm. from available space for parking of aircraft. So uh, we didn't add the, the, the size aircraft onto that side. So there was that curve um, there. You know, uh, because this scope is just for this side, uh, we added the maximum amount of space for the interior experience. And measuring backwards to the largest aircraft and it, it's clearance. It's sort of like trying to park an Escalade in a, in a, in a, uh, in a Whole Foods lot. And you got to like, you know, right. Yeah. You know, size it for the, okay. for the biggest aircraft. So for practical reasons, the curve had to go. Right. All right. Um, otherwise it's very lovely. I saw that in 2020, they had some comments about maybe unifying the, the stairwell and you give an explanation on why you didn't do that. Sure. Um, again, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to make sure that the, um, aesthetics was meaningful to the experience so that the building begins to tell, uh, a, tell a casual observer or, or design professional how it's used. So by unifying it, it, in our mind, um, and on our client's mind, it blurred the lines between what is a, um, circulation space and a dwell space. So. As, as, as we noted from phase one and two, that was the, the that was the basis of our design direction and um, and we remain true to 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 that concept. It seems like connecting the glass would have emphasized the difference between the two between the dwell and the circulation if the glass was unified but most people probably won't notice, but I suspect there are other reasons that you have that spandrel there. Um, so, um, regarding the, the redo of the land side, that was the main part of my discussion is the, the lack of unity in the airport. You say that the, um, the jewel is the international terminal, which I certainly appreciate, but terminal one, you know, the, the, some, the metals seem to be a different color and the glass is a different color. So I'm wondering about what terminal three will be. Are you going, you wanted unified materiality. Will you be matching terminal one or the glass on term on the international terminal, or have you gotten that far? We haven't gotten that far, but you ask a really good question. And um, as, a, as we stated before that each terminal is a key integrated to itself along the key ring. We believe, at least I believe I'm going to look at there that the uh, terminals should have an identity in and of themselves and be of the time. The, the color of the glass and the materials that were available at the time of the international terminal is different than terminal one. The technology is different than we will be doing in terminal three. Our hope 
um, is to um, to adhere to the agreement that we had with the CDRC that the buildings um, have the same um, level of quality of finish. You're not going to see an EFIS building. You're not going to see just a concrete building, um, and and that the muscularity of the design would not try to overtake and be more important than the international terminal, but that terminal three would be a unit in itself and be seen as a whole. So if, if anything, it would have a relationship to its, its air side, which we've spent a lot of time designing, and that it should be seen that the air side and the land side um, are somewhat unified, right? That it looked like it was intentional that the architect did a good job um, as if they did it all at once, as opposed to in pieces. All right. Well, it certainly looks like it's been done in pieces, and the the new administration building adds to that look a little bit. But um, just so it doesn't become like a JFK, as opposed to maybe Madrid or Hong Kong, where it's all unified. Anyway, I'm sure that you'll somehow make it all look like the same family without being identical. That's the goal. Thank you. Do we have any other comments from commissioners? Phase three. Do we have any public comment? Um, so we'll be taking in person uh, public comment first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Uh, instructions will be on screen momentarily. We're currently on item three. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you would like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.codes at sfgov.org. Uh, so now we're seeking in-person public comment. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? And now for virtual public comment, um, is there anyone that would like to make a virtual public comment on the current agenda item? Looking for raised hands in the public comment queue. We'll give it another moment. I see no requests for public comments, uh, so public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you. Um, commissioners, do I have a motion to approve the SFO Terminal 3 modernization at Phase 3? So moved, Commissioner Schneer. Do I have a second? Second, Commissioner Brentzel. Thank you. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you. Nice, nice project. Thank you. Okay, let's move forward to item number four. And that is the SF MTA Potrero Yard Modern Modernization Project. And commissioners, just for your information, some of us had a, an informal meeting with the design team in the interim between the last meeting with them. 
and so they'll be presenting uh, some new information to us today. And team, you'll have 15 minutes. I'll give you a three minute warning. Good. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, thank you for taking the time for another for providing another opportunity to speak about the project. I know we've had some healthy discussions, informal and formal. So hopefully this is another step in a healthy discussion. Uh, so I wanted to start um, and, and I'll introduce myself again. Chris Hargy with Plenary America is part of the Petrero Neighborhood Collective. I have my colleague Tony Gill here with Arcadis, uh, leading the design team as well as some other colleagues from Arcadis and our affordable housing team in the room. Um, I want to emphasize, I know we've talked a lot about this project in different angles, but want to start off this discussion by talking about the objectives of what the project is focused on. And so we are summarized here with four objectives. We're looking to update uh, and modernize the current bus facility um, for, for SFMTA's use for the next 107 years, to also to develop the mixed use development um, with housing. And our, our proposal has been always to have affordable housing, 100% affordable housing for, for the project. Um, as well as to improve the architectural and urban design character, which I'm largely going to lean on my friend Tony Gill here to, to walk through, and then also to deliver the project on time and on budget. Um, I've, I've spent time on this before, but I'll just to high level, Petrero Neighborhood Collective is a collection of a number of firms, myself with infrastructure, as an infrastructure developer with Plenary Americas, um, as well as three affordable housing partners, local housing partners, Meta, YCD, and Tabernacle, TCDC. Uh, and then the housing, the design team is composed of IBI slash Arcadis Group and YA Studios working together on development of the bus and the housing components, as well as a number of cost consultants, uh, local cost consultants helping us on cost estimating, on um, facilities maintenance, life cycle pricing, and um, community outreach and stakeholder engagement. I uh, won't spend too much time on this, but it's it's a snapshot of what PNC, uh, how PNC came together. And as I mentioned, it is a consortium of firms that are independent of each other, but have a have a like-minded objective of partnering, of developing innovative solutions, um, working with communities, working with um, city and state governments, uh, and, and really lending into the stakeholder engagement and tell, helping the community uh, tell us what what the important needs are. I do want to spend a little bit of time before I turn it over to um, the design team uh, on just framing where we are in this process. So I've, I know I've spent time in the past talking about this pre-development phase, which is a 24-month phase where PNC is partnering with SFMTA to develop a number of different things. Design certainly is one of the most important aspects of it, but as well uh, progressing on the entitlements, on the environmental uh, reviews, on uh, stakeholder engagement, on um, developing the, the actual contractual documents that will PNC will enter into with SFMTA after this pre-development phase. So where we are right now is in the phase one, phase two of this approach, which is progressing design to 100% schematic design, uh, procuring a design-build contractor that will enter into a fixed price and fixed schedule for, for, design, for completing design and constructing the bus facility, uh, and then also um, uh, towards the end of our um, regulatory approvals process for entitlements and for environmental. So we are on the critical path right now to a lot of those things have to align, but on the critical path in, in, in particular for the RFP procurement that we intend to start uh, sometime later this year or early next for a design builder to come on board to design build the infrastructure facility, which is the bus facility. 
Um, one other update on the last, since the last time we presented. Um, so I've mentioned we've done a number of we PNC and prior to PNC's involvement, SFMTA have done uh, a number of uh, stakeholder engagement events and opportunities to uh, solicit feedback from the community. Since our last session last month, we've held a um, a public open house um, at over at Z Space in the Mission District. Uh, as well as continue to have a number of community listening sessions, but largely the biggest one was the open house that occurred last month. And we are continuing with our community outreach efforts, continuing meeting with the working group. But we also did meet with our working group, monthly working group uh, group uh, last week or the week before, and we'll continue with our monthly um, monthly updates and our listening sessions going forward. And, and with that, I'll turn to Tony Gill. Thanks, Chris. Can I follow the clicker? Your slides are different than mine. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, one of the key things about the bus facility is really um, making it viable for the buses, right? And making sure that they're able to move uh, around and internally to the facility. So what we've done here, currently the buses, you, they use 17th Street and Mariposa Street, and they move around the, um, the existing streets to get into their facility. We've limited that to only Mariposa Street now. So that frees up 17th Street, which will eventually become a bike lane as well in there, and other things happen along that greenway of 17th Street. So pulling that off, putting everything onto Mariposa. So they enter in on the right side there, you can see from Hampshire and Mariposa. They circulate internally, and you can see at the very back, they have to go up those ramps um, and, and to the parking above. And then they come out on, on the left side of Mariposa. And then in the middle is where all the maintenance happens for, for the buses. Let's go to the next slide. Okay, um, so looking at the, the, the streets around, and one of the key things that we wanted to do was activate some of the corners. So up here on um, Bryant and 17th, uh, we have uh, SFMTA has an entry there. So the, there's a bus uh, route that comes along Bryant. They stop, they're able to come in and enter the facility at that point. On Hampshire and Mariposa, staff can also come along Hampshire. They can be dropped off and there's another entry point off of Mariposa and Hampshire. So we're trying to spread some of these entry points around the site and activate some of the streets. I did do the air last time, it didn't do it, see? <clears throat> And then when you get to the next level, uh, level two, uh, is primarily their office and training type facilities. So they'll be able to come off of Hampshire or Mariposa. There's uh, an entry there. There's a set of elevators and stairs that brings them up. There's also the same that happens off of Bryant and 17th. There's another entry point, as I showed you earlier. They'll bring up a set of stairs, elevators, and that they can come on that. So they can enter from both sides of this. Off of Mariposa, uh, there's also a little bit of an outdoor space, which I'll show you in a minute. Um, and then up on 17th, they also have an outdoor space. So it's all the training and operational pieces that happen up at this level. <coughs> so those two arrows are um, circles are showing you the location for the entry and then the outdoor space that faces up towards um, uh, York Street. Next slide. Thanks, Chris. This is the next level up, which is the bus parking. And you can see the ramps are along 17th and they come up, they park. Uh, and then they maneuver around and there's a, a service and clean wash bays up at this level as well. The entry on the far right continues up 
um, so the staff can come up at this level, park their buses and go back down to level two, or they can go back down and exit out. Again, this is just showing you the maneuvering because it really um, shapes a lot of the things that we were doing. Uh, the other thing about this level is that everything along Hampshire and Mariposa on the facade of the building is a screen. So air gets pulled in from Hampshire and air is pushed out off of Mariposa. So it's what I called um, unconditioned space. I mean, it's naturally ventilated and air circulated, whereas the space below where you saw the maintenance and stuff, that's conditioned space. So it's enclosed all around. Uh, and then level four is exactly the same with another level of bus washing. And then the maneuvering is the same. The ramp continues up. Uh, on the north elevation, this is facing uh, Franklin Square. And there's some time we've spent a lot of time on this and hearing from yourselves. Uh, on this, you can see on the left and right, there's some grid systems there. That's the screening system. And in the middle is all the uh, all the glazing. And then you can see the ramp uh, bus ramp coming down. But you know, part of what we heard from the public and, and others um, is really to give some visibility into what's happening inside the facility. So to be able to see these maneuvering of the buses was important. And then we have a green wall that's sitting on the top there. What you're seeing to the right, um, just next to that uh, mosaic, is the outdoor space for uh, the staff. So they have an outdoor space on York side, but they also have one on uh, the Franklin Square side. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, this is showing you the two opportunities for art. So we've left that as a glass opportunity. So it's a fairly large piece um, that they can do something with, but it also has depth to it. So they can play with the depth in their, in their solution for the art. Uh, and then on the right uh, is more of a mosaic and that we wanna be able to have it connect with the child's uh, play area across the street. So there's a little child park kind of area there. So those are two opportunities for the art. And we're just here on Mariposa, this is uh, really where all the buses and, and really you feel the bus uh, facility uh, quite significantly. So on the right, you can see the roll up doors. It's all glass along this facade. Uh, and then just above that is all open screens with air coming and pu pulling in and out of the building. On the far left are the roll up doors uh, for the buses that are exiting out of the facility. And then in the middle here is a set of stairs and, and elevators that go up to the different levels. And if you go to the next slide, Chris, and that piece, which is uh, right on access with York Street is also another opportunity for art, um, and it's going to go through its process, um, and we'll be looking at what happens with that. But in the interim, we're showing some glass, and we're showing um, some cladding that goes there, and that cladding that goes on that, if you don't mind going back one, the, that cladding that goes on there would be the same kind of screen system, but more of a solid and a little bit more architectural. So if that doesn't happen, then this all becomes a glass art piece and hopefully uh, we can get a nice piece here because it's right on York Street. On Hampshire Street, uh, on the far left, this glazing piece that goes up, that is the entry for the staff that are coming and being picked up and dropped off along Hampshire Street. Um, it's all glass and uh, there's a set of stairs, there's an elevator that goes up there as well, but we're really trying to get some eyes on the street uh, and get some lighting and kind of be able to connect with uh, with the street itself. Here you can see that the screening continues along. Um, just due to the scale and things across the street, there's some ups and downs and changes on the elevation here responding to some of the texture uh, along that street of Hampshire, whereas Bryant and Mariposa have a different fabric and a different kind of texturing of of, of the urban fabric, whereas Hampshire's got a little different scale. Um, next slide. 
Uh, and this is just showing you the on the left here, the entrance off of uh, 17th and Bryant uh, for the staff as well. Next slide. Uh, corner of Mariposa and 17th again, you can see the, the main glass kind of entry point for for the staff. Um, and then the red is just showing the entry for um, the buses. This is York Street, the axis looking straight down. Uh, Mariposa, and you can see the buses coming out on this side. I'm going to go through these fairly quick because I don't have a lot of time. Uh, this is 17th and Bryant with the retail, and there's a, a crosswalk here that comes across to the park. Again, uh, uh, just this is uh, the main entrance, and there's also a public washroom right where that bus is parked. You can see there's public washrooms availability there um, as well. And then this is just looking from the top, and you can see the staff outdoor space that faces the park. Next one. Uh, we went through a process with lighting um, down on the bottom right is kind of what the public kind of uh, gave a lot of feedback on. They want some lighting. They want to make sure it's not overly uh, light pollution. It's kind of controlled and managed, but they still want some lighting on here. So the other ones were kind of uh, voted out on the left. You can see that there's different. We looked at concrete. We looked at metal. We looked at glass and and the combination of them is what we heard. Uh, really was the glass and the metal piece. So it's kind of what we we kind of went with materials. Next slide. Uh, the metal screening that I was talking about earlier, uh, it's going to be fairly like the one on the far bottom right, fairly monochromatic in its color because we have very large art pieces and we want to make sure those art pieces are, are you know, kind of stand out and don't get lost within all this other stuff. And this is the screening um, and we're just studying the amount of uh, um, openings and stuff that we have to have to allow the ventilation. We also have the, the bronze pieces of oh, uh, color that's being used. Um, in certain locations of entries and stuff. And just with respect to trees, uh, we're going through a process right now uh, with uh, the BUF to, to look at all the trees, but we did get feedback from the public and the community around as well as uh, this uh, SFMTA staff. Next slide. You know, you know, Jennifer's here, you need to ask some questions, but we haven't finalized the pallet because we're going through that process with them. Um, but we do have different species of trees and things that are happening here right now up for discussion with them. Um, the Better Streets program, we kind of went through all of that uh, and same with the Green Street along here. And we really had lots of good discussions around the kiosks, the bike lanes uh, and the bus movements around here. And I think we've come to a place where it works. Um, and then this is just looking at some of the details and on the bottom left, you can see the kiosk and 17th street and seeing the glass with the bus coming through um, and then the entry on the right. And that's quick. So <laughs> in, in close before we open up the Q and a, um, in the previous sessions, we've given you a lot of detail in terms of the housing, the bus yard component. Obviously this presentation is very much focused on the bus yard. So what we're seeking for today is approval of the phase one schematic uh, design for the bus yard component, not for the entire project. <coughs> Thank you. Okay, commissioners, comments? Back <laughs> even, you're, you're ahead of the game. Um, any comments, commissioners, on this phase um, one? Yes, Commissioner Schneer. So, um, uh, I understand you're going to just doing the bus terminal and, and why you're doing that and that all makes sense. My question to you though is at, at certain points you had like the uh, the housing component coming all the way to the ground and you have a, you had a lot of other different 
activities, retail, all this stuff. So what are you doing about that? I mean, just graying it out doesn't quite, I don't quite understand how it's going to look. I mean, are you just not going to have anything there at that corner? I Explain it to me if you could. Sure. So the graying out is really, um, I think, from a presentation standpoint. So our design for the housing are what we're looking for from an entitlement standpoint, from an environmental standpoint, does not change. The reason for graying it out is really just to separate the, the components of what's being developed by or what's being designed and built for the bus facility versus how housing comes along. It's it's true. They're, they're two separate. They're one, it's one project and two separate components. So that's not to say... Um, we're not telegraphing that housing won't be there or the timeline. In fact, we're telegraphing nothing. It's just that the focus is on the bus yard. So the way in which we mitigate that um, is working with SFMTA and working with the planning commission in terms of what the overall entitlements process looks like. But there will be a timeline. There's a specific timeline for the bus yard component. We know we have to, we PNC know that we have to deliver that at a specific time in order for SFMTA's um, new fleet to come online and just to upgrade the facility. Housing has its own its own timeline, its own funding sources, um, not public sources. Right. So, but that's not to say that that housing won't be there. There will be a timeline, and there is a process that our our housing partners are working on with specifically this this building here, um, which will be affordable housing that does have an MOHCD component to it, and that will have a specific timeline. It will not be a design build component in the design build process that I was um, explaining. However, we intend to. PNC intends to um, uh, demolish the entire facility, the entire sorry, four and a half, four point four acre site, and then start construction. The basement will still be built there, but the timeline and process to to build this, call it the Bryant Street development, um, is still being developed. The intention, though, is that we start construction right after demolition of the entire site. So you would have two concurrent projects. I want to say pro one project, two concurrent components of the project going up at the same time. However, it's a three-year process for the bus yard component, likely something shorter, possibly two, year, two years for the Bryant Street to be developed, but the intention is that there will always be something developed there. I think your question is in terms of what happens if it doesn't get there and what are the remedies well, around it. Well, that's part of it. The other part of the component on this is then you're still designing the whole thing. Correct. You're just only approving the bus aspect of it. However, the... Um, uh, housing aspect of it is going to be built as well. Yes. But because that's private, that's you take that. That's not our jurisdiction. Is that correct? That's my understanding. Yes, of, of the purview for Arts Commission. The way, and what I'm really speaking to is the mitigants that PNC is using for combining those two components. One of the biggest ones is having Arcadis and YA Studios across bus yard and housing. So it's not as if we're just designing one and then we'll have a Lego piece that puts on housing. Right. That's what I was trying but, to figure out. Yeah. This, the, and, and maybe Tony, you can elaborate on this, but the structural elements, the MEP sort the, the MEP solution, right. uh, shared um, basement, all of that is, is yeah. the same. So we have a here. common in infrastructure that right. our entire team has been designing that ties them together. Right. So that is already in place and that's already been done for structure, mechanical, electrical systems. Right. Um, but yeah, this component will still be us and we've gone through a certain phase of it and we'll go through more design phase of that as well as we get the MOHCD approvals and things. Because there's a phase we have to go through with them as well, right? So Right. Yeah. I think what we also wanted to highlight in the grade out dashed lines is to show 
that there will still be the bus yard component or call it the infrastructure facility component is still extends beyond just the bus. So, for instance, that SFMTA out, um, entrance there, you know, it's it's from you know, from a design perspective, it's it's one and the same with the housing. But from a commercial standpoint, from a contractual standpoint, it is an SFMTA owned facility owned entrance for them, as well as what's a little hard to see here. There's there's a public washroom just to the I can show right here. This is the public washroom that will be built with the bus facility. This is the SFMTA outdoor space that will be built with the bus facility. The streetscape that we've been describing will also be part of the infrastructure facility component. Um, it's it's really just the housing and the commercial, the retail components of it. That's the the grayed out dashed version that that we're not showing explicitly on these slides. So let me jump in and ask a quick question. Sure. Um, we understand that the division makes sense. So if there is some, say hypothetically, there's a funding issue with the housing or some delay, um, and you're planning on building the restrooms, how do you deal with that? You just say, we're not going to develop that corner and stop at your tower with the artwork. You, you how do you deal with that? Because the. The grade out is integral to right. the bottom. So I think that's right. that's getting to Commissioner Schneer's question so that we're all clear on uh, what what is happening here so we can right. be useful in our comments or understand exactly what. So just remember that um, MTA have, has two separate entry points. So right. they're opposed on Hampshire. So there's right. always that entry points that takes you up. The stairwell you see there with the mosaic will be built. That has the stairs. The elevator, um, so it can we can temporarily do an exit straight out, or an, even use it as a temporary entrance. You don't have to build all of that because mm -hmm. the main entry then would be obviously uh, become Mariposa and Hampshire. Okay, right. So if I understand you correctly, then what you're telling us, and this makes sense too, is that uh, where the dash lines are, or what, and where yes, we right. tend to have the restrooms are part of MTA, but they will probably be built with the housing component. That piece coming out this way would be built yes. with the housing. Okay, that's that. Yes. Does that clarify your? Yeah, that helps a bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe another way to to. Uh, I don't think I have an illustration on here, but there's a shared. I think I do actually. There's a shared basement that we have with. Right. Uh, do we not have a 3D? Where your comes in, right? Um, yes. Well, you can kind of see it. But in this bar area, one level below is the basement. That basement will serve the housing components and the bus yard components. But if the housing, for whatever reason, never um, never materializes, it's not as if that basement doesn't get built. That basement needs to be built for the bus, for SFMTA to have use, functional use of it. It's just the program space for the housing would not be built, but the structure of it, the excavation of it would still have to be built today. That, that's the, the mindset that we have for all of the components. So really the intention of grading that out was just from a visual standpoint, but contractually PNC does have um, specific scope of what has to be completed. I think the, the next step is, well, what if all of these scenarios happen? That's, I think, the, what we're still exploring and want to want to run through that specifically with planning commission, have gone through a number of iterations on our environmental process of, well, what are the mitigants that PNC will do to ensure that the, the, the project is still meeting its objectives? Right, and you still don't have planning approval or EIR approval? Correct, we are going through the process. We're still going through the process, um, targeting for end of, uh, towards the end of this year, early of next year for that. Uh, Commissioner Brenzel, can I just 
ask a quick question. Speaking of approvals, I assume the MTA has approved this. Uh, I, would, I would hope so. Uh, the, the right, because they're, they're the yeah. I'll, I'll share with SFMTA's process to date has been to select a, a lead developer to enter into a pre-development phase. So that's the part that we currently are in right now. Um, right. Do you have a slide on this? I know I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, okay. So so what SFMTA has approved so far is PNC being selected as the lead developer for the pre-development agreement. There are specific performance milestones in that pre-development phase that describes uh, obligations for us to deliver 50% schematic design, obligations for PNC to get the project entitled, obligations to bring on a design builder. So up until this point in the pre-development agreement, I would say SFMTA has approved of it all. We are still in the phase one, phase two approach. So we have not received our final secret clearance, not received our um, planning commission approval. So just it would be inaccurate to say SFMTA has approved of this final design, but as where we are right now, we are progressing to get to a final or uh, a notice to proceed three okay. to be able to get that approval. So we're we're approving design, and then they're also going to do some approving at well, no, it, TA. Okay, the the way if if yeah. I can clarify I, again, I'm new here, so yeah. I'm no, trying and, to figure this out, and I'm happy to yeah. explain to you. So um, the different the other different departments come to us in a way they're like our clients huh. that we have to approve the design for them. I see. Okay, so we're doing it on there. So way. what they have done is they have entered into a contract yeah. um, right. that takes you basically through schematic design. If they don't like stuff, or if you're not happy with it, or if your numbers don't work, it's not going to go past there. Got it. Okay? Because that, that's what the contract says. But hopefully it will all go through. But there is that possibility. But, you know, I'm just trying to be clear about it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you for there laying it out. Meetings with them to go through the design scenarios that you've yeah. seen. We've right. gotten certain... So there's been lots of times. Good, good. Just yeah, just asking. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm asking a dumb client. question, but yeah. um, it was helpful to me. Thank you. Yes, and that's right. MTA is our, our right. client. Right, is your client right? Yeah. Hi, this is Janine. Um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify a little bit because um, yeah, I think one of the things that was confusing us is the chicken and the egg. Mm -hmm. You know, like what comes first, and I think, you know, I think the climate in the city or actually all over, right, with affordable housing is where do we put it? How do we best use? I think um, without, you know, putting words in anyone's mouth, um, you can see that like city owned property, it's like what is highest and best use of this lot, right? So you could put just the garage. And so I think the position that maybe you've been put in is to study the feasibility like this is highest and best use like this is the biggest expression that we're seeing even grayed out of what could be there and they're future proofing the garage so that but then they've got to go out in phases and say okay who's going to build the senior housing who's going to build the right. you know workforce housing um, right because there's three phases of that correct yes okay so um but the timeline that we are all getting caught in is the specific funding for the MTA garage, correct? Okay, yes, that's, that's correct. why yes. we're decoupling. Yeah. They'll come back with probably, like if you guys you guys present to planning and you get CEQA and you're doing all of those, and if that goes through, then 
you know, once you get more into the housing design development, you'd probably come back. I have no idea. Right. Um, what is there? Sure. Are not no, my understanding because of their decoupling of this, decoupling? that is the private sector right. aspect of it. Right. We do not have jurisdiction. <laughs> right. um, I mean, is that my understanding is we don't have jurisdiction over private. We only have jurisdiction public. over public or public private partnerships. Yeah. Great. I'll, I'll just add a little bit more context for the phase two and phase three. The intention is by then, which I don't think we have it on the screen, but I mentioned we, we are going to go through an RFP process to solicit a design builder. And so I think the intention is once we have them on board and fully recommended to SFMTA and approved, um, that they would be a partner sitting right next to us to come back to the Arts Commission again for the bus yard component of it. Yeah. And then I think just to one other clarification on the housing elements. So you're right, I think three phases of the bus, the adjacent housing and housing above. Um, we would be that housing would be completed by the team member by the housing affordable affordable housing team members. It's not as if we'd go and solicit, you know, other builders to do it. It's it's more of a funding and timing consideration. Um, and then as well, the design team I believe would be the same design team across all of those housing components. Good comments, Mr. Kearney. Yeah. Well, thank you for working back and forth with us all all of these months. Um, I think since you're just here for the uh, for the bus portion today, there's no question that the plan, the floor planning, et cetera, of that works out well. Where you put the entrances, how you uh, circulate the buses around, where the car washes are, where the admin and offices are, where the break rooms are, um, and now you've eliminated the entrances from 17th Street, so it all happens off Mariposa. You've thought all of that out very well. So the bus facility. Def, in my view, definitely works, and I'm ready to approve that. And I, I think the, the overall project, though, um, just for those listening, you know, if anybody's listening on TV or whatever, I think that it's important that they know that in general we are all on board with this very bold and important use of public land. It's so much better than that empty lot. So I think we're all unified in that. And that said, I think that housing, you know, if it is postponed, um, even though the bus yard will be fine on its own, what happens with that strip of land where the basement is? We talked about that in our work session along um, Bryant. I think that the Bryant Street is the most successful portion where it blends architecturally the expression all the way from ground to top. And now there's going to be a lid to a basement there, possibly, and then a 75-foot blank wall. Hopefully there'll be funds to build it all at once, but anyway, even if we approve the box of the garage, I hope that you have something in mind of what that 75 foot tall blank wall will be with the concrete base. But um, in the other aspect we talked about on just the garage itself, or the muni part is the white screen of the maintenance of that because it's, you know, it's very could be very beautiful and it could be a, a dusty mess on the trans bay terminal i know they spent a lot of time and maybe extra money making sure it was sort of self-washing and some special paint etc so the white screens or whatever color they mm -hmm. various colors you know what will those be because maintenance is always an issue and currently um anyway you, you know all of that yes so all of that said um I'm ready to approve the, the bus facility. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I do have 
one other comment in terms of Commissioner, Commissioner Schneer, thank you. Um, in terms of the uh, the housing component, we, yes, we do. I've said this from the very beginning. This concept is something that we absolutely applaud and support. We want to see this happen. Um, however, because of how you're doing it and going about it, I would really urge that as you go through the housing aspect of it, that since you're not going to, because of how you have to structure it, mm -hmm. that you're not going to have the same overall architect and design sense that you really do a master plan of the housing with design guidelines that allows then as different components go forward. So there is um, a sensibility and an overall co design concept that carries through. I just wanted to get that on record. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Any other comments from commissioners? Oh, I have one. It's actually something that um, Commissioner um, Stryker brought up at our last work session about the plants, about maybe more vertical expression of trees rather than the broad expression, which might be interfering with the architecture because the sidewalks are rather thin. Mm -hmm. So the, possibly the more vertical trees. I'm, I'm sure you're working on that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we still have to go through a process with the, the BUF. Um, Jennifer, I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, if you're just giving me the support. We're going through that part. Thank you. Um, my, my last comments are um, to mostly reiterate the things that have been said. Um, fantastic project that we're all excited about. Um, there is some concern about the blank wall that's very tall, and I'm sure you'll keep that in mind if that does happen. There is some possibility of maybe temporary art, maybe a grove of trees or uh, flagpoles or something fun that's there that's temporary that's probably inexpensive to put up that might be uh, helpful. Um, I... Thank you for looking at the trees. I heard that earlier, so I don't have more comments. The sidewalks, the overall complex of the outdoor spaces seem nice. The sidewalks seem lively. And uh, as long as they're not over uh, stimulating in a very narrow space, I think they look really great. The tree species that are suggested for discussion seem very good, and the planting seems very good. Um, so I, too, am ready to approve this. Uh, I have a question that in our motion, um, and I'll ask for public comment in a moment, but our motion uh, would reflect SFMTA Petrero Yard modernization project for the bus yard. Is that mm -hmm. something we all agree on, the language of that? Okay, um, do we have public comment? Uh, we'll be taking in-person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand. If you're listening via WebEx for calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on screen. We're on item four. Uh, As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during the public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. It's 150 words or less to paris.coats.sfgov.org. 
I'm seeking in-person public commenters. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Um, and now virtual public comment uh, for those joining remotely. Is there anyone that would like to make a public comment? Looking for raised hands. Give it another moment. I see no request for public comments, so public comment for this item is now closed. Thank you. Okay, commissioners, uh, do I have a motion to approve phase one for the SF MTA Petrero Yard modernization project for their bus yard? Commissioner Brenzel, so moved. Second. Commissioner Schneer. Thank you. Uh, all in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, motion passes unanimously, and I will give you a round of applause. Yeah. This has been a process. Yeah. It's a Thank process. you. We're very excited about it. Yeah. I'm looking forward like to seeing the next one. I really appreciate all your guys' comments and the informal meetings. Those were very valuable. So thank you so much we're for doing Glad it. to hear that. Good. Thank you. Thanks for letting us know. Excellent. Right. Okay, so we are now moving to item number five, which is the staff report. Is there a staff report? I better <laughs> right, I'm to use the restroom. <laughs> you come back here. Um, uh, so this would be given by uh, Deputy Director of Programs Lex Light. Apologies for stepping away. Um, so uh, so at the last meeting, I didn't get the chance for this committee to formally introduce myself, although it's old news by now. Um, my name is Lex Lightfay. I'm the new Deputy Director of Programs and. Um, I just want to acknowledge that over the past month, I've, you know, this has been my introduction to the work of Civic Design Review, and I really appreciate uh, Committee Chair Stryker, uh, just the level of work and thought that you're putting into this important committee and the opportunities I've had to hear feedback so far from all of you, um, Committee Member Commissioner Carney, your visiting of the sites, and um, I I just look forward to uh, continuing to work with you all. Thank you. We're very excited to have you. I also need to acknowledge Paris Coates, who <laughs> has been my guide in this as well. So thank you, Paris. Of course. <laughs> a hardworking guide, too. And you definitely have been baptism by fire here. <laughs> <laughs> Lively projects in yeah. the last. <laughs> Welcome. Um, is there any public comment to the staff report? Um, so, sorry, we have a few people online. Um, okay, uh, and I'm just trying to make it a little shorter. As a reminder, time will start when you begin speaking. Instructions are on the screen. You will see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. You'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.co.sfgov.org. Uh, looking for virtual public comment, um, looking for raised hands in the public comment queue. Give it another moment. Um, 
see no requests for public comment. So public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, thank you. Um, then let's move to item number six, and that's new business and announcements. Does anyone have any new business or announcements they'd like to share? I have a couple of things. One is that we have had a very nice, a very good, thorough review of our guidelines about three, maybe four years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was done by Commissioner Schneer and our former Commissioner Askew. And so I'd like to know if all of you would please review your guidelines and see if anything pops up that we should look at again or discuss again for any changes or additions to them, and we should all be familiar with them. So uh, a request for that. So if you have any heads up on things or questions or comments about the guidelines, maybe we could talk about those uh, at, our, at our next meeting. Great. Could I just request those be sent to us so that we know exactly what you'd like us to review? Okay. Yes. I can also send a Word document so you can like add comments, you know. Okay. Yeah, just, just so that it's very clear what you want us to review. We'll be happy yes, to do that. Okay, thank you. Yes, and the uh, add comments review sheet would be fantastic. Thank you. And then um, also in the past, uh, it's been a number of years, so I'm just kind of dusting off some things now that we're starting to air out our committee again. Person, um, we had assembled a list of names of architects and landscape yes. architects that we think might be of use to our mayor. And of course, she always has the choice, um, but it's nice to offer her a list of very competent people that we think might be uh, good additions in the future if she chooses to make a change. So if any of you have names, would you please submit them either to me or to Paris and Lex, and we can start to assemble uh, a fresh list for her to review it at her discretion. So. That's all I have to offer. If there's nothing else, is there any public comment? Um, six. Instructions are on the screen. We're on item six. Uh, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer uh, on the screen and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. You'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you'd like to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to paris.coats.sfgov.org. Um, so now we're seeking virtual public comment. Is there anyone who would like to make a virtual public comment? Looking for raised hands. We will give it one more moment. I see no requests for public comment, so public comment is now closed. Okay, thank you, which leads to item number seven, and I don't have a gavel, but adjourn the meeting. Thank you. Thanks for a good meeting, everyone.